0: Welcome to Peak to Pit, Alley Peak, TJ Pittinger talking college football. It's here. We don't have to say like we're almost there, we made it, any of that stuff anymore. It is legit the real first week of a college football season. We have survived the offseason starting Wednesday night all the way through Monday night. There is a different college game, at least one. Every single night, I'm pumped. This is a great week.
1: I thought you, when you were saying it was here... We're not waiting. I thought you were talking about like pumpkin spice season. I did not. Well, I didn't know which direction you were going. Look, is- let's go. I didn't know what direction you were going with that. But I, I wasn't. It's
0: been either. pumpkin spice season in this house, DJ. <laughs> um,
1: some people draw a hard line with not with saying that you need to wait till September for that.
0: Well, we're, a, you know four and a half hours away from that four hours and ten minutes away from that here which you'll be watching this on September 1st yeah, so that's true pumpkins pie season is upon us football season is upon us it's fall I'm here for it this is exciting
1: It's finally game week so um, we talked last week about our schedules and talked about each game on the schedule and kind of gave give gave quick breakdowns of kind of what we thought would happen which I don't know how much that matters because after week one, your whole outlook on the season usually changes.
0: Totally. You know,
1: Florida State comes out and pulls an upset or barely loses another name. You, you have a lot of confidence. Florida comes out and looks like crap in the first half and everybody, you know, you're firing everybody. You know, right. The defensive coordinator, the O-line coach, everybody else. And so, I don't know. You make all these predictions before the season. That, and honestly, it's hard to predict. You know, we think that Florida State is going to be are going to lose to Florida, but it's hard to predict a game that's going to happen in three months, right? Like if we looked right. at, if you looked at that 2010 game, when Florida had pounded our heads in for years and years and years, you wouldn't have gone into that game saying that Florida state was going to win. And they did, they won 31 to seven. And then if you look at the, the 2017 year when Florida won four games and Florida state beat their heads in the swamp, you wouldn't have said that Florida was going to blow out Florida state that year in 2018, but they did. And so, Again, that's not my reasoning. I I picked Florida in that game, but it's hard to predict games that are that far down the road. Like, know what's Uh, going to happen Particularly if
0: you have a different quarterback than you had the the season before, you lost key players. Florida and Florida State are both coming into a situation where um, there's going to be new blood under center, right? And uh, for Florida particularly, we have zero idea what we're getting. Emory Jones saw, you know, five snaps a game something average like that last year. So it's, uh, you know, and they lost a ton of talent to the NFL this year and the defense was already terrible last year. So, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to predict, but I would be shocked if Florida lost to Florida Atlantic. So I think that even if you couldn't predict what's to come the whole rest of the season, Saturday would be a W, but the way they win, you know, can give us some insight into what's to come.
1: I don't think Mullen is an elite coach. I think that he's a top ten coach. I think he's a good coach. Um, and you know, you're you're splitting hairs, and if you're calling, you know, a top ten coach uh, elite or not, but uh, you know, I'd have him top somewhere in the top ten without a doubt. Probably getting close to the five to seven range, but I'd have to really. Kind of I mean, there's it. but, I, but I'll say twenty
0: two D one teams. I'd take top ten. I mean, top 10 and if you're, not
1: bad, yeah, top ten's not bad. So, and I don't know yeah. what you consider a lead in general. If you me, need
0: elite, to win a national title, then you know, there's sure. like four elites, I mean, elite. right? right? Yeah,
1: like so, yeah, and that's probably how I look at it. Like, I put, yeah, like my top coaches are you know, Sabin, Sweeney, Fisher. Oh, who else is kind of up there in that, you know? And then I probably have that next tier of like Riley Day, you know, probably Mullen somewhere like right in there, like next, you know, within the next couple of that, Orgeron. Mullen, you know when you factor in both coaching but all that said i don't think Mullen's elite i think he's good he's above average but what i will say top 10 biggest... out of you
0: know 120 teams is better than average yeah like I said way average. better than average i, said, I know but yeah. i mean like above average would be like 50th best coach in the country
1: yeah i mean i yeah i mean, I guess so but he's above average i, I think elite's like Sabin and sweeney and that's it like that's yeah. my elite category um but all that said See, I was gonna I was gonna give him a compliment and you just go for it. Keep, um Lee, very good. The biggest difference on the field on Saturday for the Gators will be not the Jimmy's and Joes. It will be the coaching difference. Uh, Dan Mullen <laughs> against Willie Taggart would be like me arm wrestling Emerson right now. So I think <laughs> that um which I am proud to say that I think I would win fairly easily. I think that as good as Florida's, you know, as as much better as they are on the field, um Dan Mullen is so much better of a coach yeah, than Willie Taggart. I mean, and um Willie Taggart, I just do not have enough negative things to say about him. And so I I just, you know, I could I the list just goes on. And so I think that I'm going to revise my score prediction. And I I'm, I I don't know if if, if uh, FAU scores 10. Like I think I'm yeah. going to go like 48 to, to – I'll give them 10. 48 to 10. I'm taking three points off my score the other day. I think that this is a game that Florida is just going to come out and absolutely dominate. There will be no frustration from Florida fans in this at all because I think that that is just how much better both the coaching and the – and the talent. Of the Yeah. Field. Like, I I'll mean, the Jimmy's and Joe's,
0: but... there's no, obviously a comparison between, uh, sec talent and Florida Atlantic. And that's not a knock on Florida Atlantic. That's just a fact, right? There is, uh, there's it no, be a knock on their coach. Uh, but I mean, this is Willie <laughs> Taggart's second year. I don't even know if you get to fully blame him for the talent, but they're just not the same level of talent. If you could play at Florida, you wouldn't be playing at FAU. That's, uh, you know, that's just a fact. FAU went, I want to say four and five last season, five, and four they lost their last three games of the season so you know not great uh, this is not going to tell us Thinking a whole lot about Florida. Their last
1: speaking of teams that lost their last three games of the season though this is a kind of a, a compelling matchup from that perspective
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Uh, yeah, all right so <laughs> this is not
0: going to tell us a whole lot about this gator team um but it will tell us who some of these starters are going to be? Who some of these you know are going to fill in some of these roles and and things like that. So from that point of view, uh, it'll be interesting. If Florida struggles at all, that will be indicative of potentially something that we can see down the road. I expect Mullen to be incredibly vanilla. We talked about this last week. He's one of those coaches that doesn't give away anything that he doesn't have to give away. He will. pee, has no issue not chasing style points if that. Uh, and some coaches are like that. Some coaches hang their hat on style points, but he would prefer to save whatever he can in his arsenal until he needs it. And he finds that more beneficial than hanging a hundred points on Florida Atlantic. That said though, I do think Emery Jones needs the opportunity to let loose a little bit because this is his first time that he's ever been able to do that. And there's nobody better to do it against Florida Atlantic, right? You have Florida Atlantic and USF before you know, the king of college football comes calling in the swamp. And so you got to get them comfortable and you got to get them comfortable fast.
1: A um, little bit of an interesting note. Um, the one position that can kind of make things weird is when the other team has a talented quarterback. And so right. um, Nikosi Perry, former Miami quarterback, um, played, at, played at a high level, played in a lot of big games, won a game as a freshman up in Doak Campbell Stadium. He broke the streak that Jimbo had over them of seven years. Um, you know, Nicosi Perry is not a great quarterback by any means, but I think he's a, a good enough quarterback. And yeah, some he's, I wins. would say
0: he's a better quarterback than we're used to seeing from Fort Atlantic, right?
1: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he's, yes. No, uh, the talent depends
0: on what the talent around him is, whether or not that means a sure. whole lot. Yeah. But,
1: but he stepped in for Miami a, a few times. I, not a great quarterback by any means, but 2 0 against Florida State in his career. Um, has won some big games, played in some big moments, played in some big atmospheres. Um, when he beat Florida State in 2017, um, that was a full—I was there. That was a full crowd. That was an excited place. That was a, an impressive win. And so to go and do that as a true freshman, you, you'd think that you know he isn't going to get rattled by you know being in the swamp. But right. that's one guy, right? And right, I'm not saying they right. don't have anyone else on their team. Uh, but I think he makes it, I don't know, maybe he makes, maybe he gives us a, the one thing that I'll say is like, you know, I know you're diehard, but when my team plays somebody just absolutely, that they're just absolutely crushing, like I'm, pulling up my phone and looking at other scores and stuff like that. So maybe, yeah. like, maybe he'll give us, like, a drive or two <laughs> to make it. I, I mean, so, the first quarter can, will probably yeah. be interesting.
0: I mean, this is – the everybody's kicking the rust off. I think it probably takes a quarter for Florida to separate a little bit. You probably have the fans throwing a fit in that, you know, that first 15 minutes. But, uh, you know, Florida's breaking in a ton of new starters on offense. From what I've read about Florida Atlantic, they are returning some, some veterans. I mean, take that for what you will. But – Florida's defense is a a real question mark at this point. And so uh, Florida Atlantic is returning. I want to say I read that they're returning 13 of 14 of their top tacklers. Um, So again, not SEC level talent, not talent that over the course of four quarters should really give Florida trouble. But if you're talking about a unit that has at least played together and put in the work that's on that team you know that's not if that's a florida atlantic that's not florida is breaking in tons and tons of new positions on both sides of the ball or new guys at positions on both sides of the ball um it's going to be a tune-up game obviously um but that first quarter will probably be hairier than florida fans want it to be
1: yeah and yeah. it'll be interesting to see if Uh, Nikosi Perry, who, again, not not that I would say is a great quarterback, but probably better than a lot of what, you know, FAU typically has to offer. If Florida's defense hasn't put things together, um, can he find some success? Now, Florida's defense is going to put it together in this game. Sure. But is it like into the first quarter is like 14 to 10 because the defense is just like – Hasn't put it together yet,
0: yeah. yeah. And then – and I see that's possible, being, and then they pull it away, and Yeah, the final score and ends
1: up being 48 to And 13. a lot of guys
0: whose names yeah. you won't see probably the rest of the season will end up on the field. Uh, that'll for sure happen. Um, but this is – you know, this is a good game for a lot of young guys to make a name for themselves. Um, and, you know, I, I like games like this. I know everybody says, you know, cupcake games and stuff. But these FAU players, this is going to be one of the biggest stadiums that they get to play in in their entire career, one of the biggest crowds that they get to play in front of in their entire career. So, like – I. Again, I know everybody hates cupcakes, but I like that for those players, right? I think that's a fun, cool experience for them. But Florida's going to dominate. It's you know,
1: yeah. I mean, not a lot of not a lot of I mean excitement because football's back and excitement,
0: right? But no nail. If if it's a nail biter, it's a real problem.
1: Yeah, Yeah. for sure. And, And and even then, like I don't know, it could even be a. You know, you know, weird game where it goes down to the yeah. end somehow. And it's certainly don't, predict it's not going to be that Florida wins by 30, but, and Florida'd still be fine. Like they get yeah. USF the next week to kind of like Ryan or some things out. And then, yeah, you know, like you said Bama comes to town, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it'll be, I
0: think the line is what? 24 and a half. Is that I like Florida to cover cool. that. It is. It's 24 and a half. Yeah, I do too.
1: Yeah. I think Florida covers that. Um, I don't see like fairly. Yeah. I mean, probably fairly easily. I mean, I, you know, I don't see, I don't see FAU sticking around again. Maybe you take FAU in like the first quarter spread, you know, just hoping that Florida, you know, like maybe if you want to take FAU at all, maybe that's where you try and grab them. But yeah, I certainly don't like them to win the, or like to, to cover 24 and a half, you know, right? I think Florida pulls away. Um, Florida State plays Notre Dame on Sunday night. So a little bit different. First time in FSU's history that they've played on Sunday night. You think really? it's like a weird one here or there where it had happened before, but never played on Sunday night before um, was the tweet, the statistic that I saw put out today. Um, and that kind of makes sense because even your bowl games and stuff weren't typically on Sundays. On Sundays because
0: playoffs are going the on the at NFL. that point.
1: Yeah. 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 So – um, first game on Sunday night, um, kind of interesting, obviously, like we said, there's football every single night from starting tonight when people are watching this on Wednesday all the way through Monday night. Um, it's kind of cool. I, you know, I think there will it's be, fun a lot to be of the excitement. only
0: show in town, right?
1: It's more fun when, when your team's good and, well, um, you're expecting to win, but, uh, yeah, this is not the only time that this has happened. Like Florida state played the Monday night game, um, a couple of years ago, years against ago yeah. Ole Miss, and that was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, but it's still kind of fun when it happens, right? Like the the center of college football, the center of of attention. Um, you know, nobody out of outside of, and this is a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But nobody outside of Florida and FAU fans are, are probably tuning into that because at the same right. time, you know, Georgia Clemson is Clemson. on, but uh, you know, everybody's watching the the Florida State game. I'd imagine they do a great great tribute to Bobby. There was a video that aired oh, yeah. yesterday, um, where they did kind of a hype video for FSU. And then in the last second you heard Bobby's voice come across the video and it just said, this is exactly what you want. And it was basically just saying, you know, these games like this are exactly what, you know, what you want and why you come yeah. here and why you play here. And so, um, I think it'll be relatively low pressure for Florida state. I mean, they're, they're not, because well, nobody expects
0: them to win. Yeah.
1: You're supposed to lose. And so, um, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of excitement inside of the stadium because of heck yeah, <coughs> the tribute It's, it's going to have been a while else.
0: since since Florida State will have felt a game like they feel on Sunday night. Now that doesn't mean that they win, but the atmosphere in that stadium is going to be different than it's been in a while.
1: Yeah. Notre Dame is not, I think Notre Dame wins the game. Notre Dame is not just like the lock of the century to win this game. I mean, I think the fact that the spread right now is, uh, best I can remember seven and a half points. Yeah. I just looked it up real quick, seven and a half points. Um, and it's a 55 point over under. So you're looking at, you know, Notre Dame winning something like 31 to 24 is kind of what Vegas is telling you with that. Um, you know, if you offered me a 31 24 loss right now, I might even take it just based on how bad Florida State's been the last couple of years. Like, I, I'm just trying to avoid the absolute onslaught 42 to 10 game that that is that I'm possible, rooting for. Right? So, if you can root for that on Bobby Bowden's night, then that you you have less less of a soul than I thought. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think FSU's got a chance at an upset here. I mean, I think Vegas, you know, gets it right more often than they get it wrong, and the fact that they're saying this. Possibly going to be a one-score game one way or the other. I mean, you know, Notre Dame is not a certain thing. I think they have four new offensive linemen, maybe five. Maybe they have five brand-new offensive linemen starting in this game. a ton of guys to the NFL there. Jack Cohen, uh, their quarterback, is brand-new and not somebody that I'm super worried about, like lighting it up or being super impressive through the air. Their running backs are great, and so if Florida State can't stop the run, I mean, we may give up 300 yards on the ground, and that's the way we lose. Right. Um, but – I think that the defense will take a small step forward from last year, which it was absolutely. I mean, much like Florida is absolutely atrocious against the, the you know the opponent every week, you know, week in and week out. If the defense can take a small step forward, I think Notre Dame's t- offense is taking a small step back. If our offense can take a small step forward, then I think you could potentially have you know an upset. Florida State needs some things to go right. Last year in that game. I think that we had a blocked punt. I think we had a really big kick return. I don't think it went for a touchdown, but like there were or punt return. There were big plays or big moments that happened. Florida State won the special teams battle without a doubt. They just didn't win offense or defense. And so like if they could win special teams again and then find a way to win one of the other two, I mean, they'd have a chance. I don't think they do enough. To me, this is such a loser blood mentality, such a loser blood way to look at it. If they can keep it close and keep it respectable and be in the game late, that's a that's a win. You know, that's a that's a step forward based on where Florida State is as a program right now. Bobby said and used to say and Terry said this at the at the uh memorial funeral whatever. Bobby used to say you have to lose big and then you have to lose close and then you have to win close and then you can win big, right? And he's yeah. like that's the progression that it takes to get a program back and that's how you build yeah. a program.
0: And, and that's true. State,
1: Florida State lost a lot of games by a lot of points last year. And if they can, at the end of the day, if they go 6-6, six and six, but they lose the to Notre Dame by a touchdown. The look
0: different. But, yeah, yeah, lose
1: to Notre Dame by a touchdown. Lose to Clemson by 3 or 4. Like, that one really doesn't matter because they're, again, just so far and above everybody else. But you lose to Clemson by whatever. But you lose to North Carolina by a touchdown on the road where you're going to be at least a touchdown underdog. And then you lose to Miami by 3 or 4 at home. And then you lose to Florida by 10 on the road. That I, That's a – I mean – It's not going to feel good going six and six, but that's a successful season. I mean, you have to look at it's an improvement at
0: at the very least. Yeah, I
1: mean, there's the standard. There's your like your overall expectations for where you want to be as a program, but there's also like the realization of like here's where we're at. You know, your 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 expectations have to shift, and so yeah, to me, six and six and not getting absolutely blown out every time you play a ranked team is a success considering where we're at. I mean, we won three games last year.
0: It's, it's a step in the right direction. I don't know if I would personally use the word success, but it's a step in the right direction. I think the thing to watch, though, is going to be um, the transfers that Florida State brought in. Right, Y'all brought in, I want to say, 13 transfers. And I read a stat earlier today saying that, like, have a combined 309 or 310, something like that, games experience between those 13 guys. Florida State had the youngest team in the entire country last year. 75% of the roster were freshmen and sophomores. So I think that how successful Florida State ends up being in the portal is going to make a huge difference on how successful Florida state is for the whole season. So it'll be interesting to see how these new guys fit into, and and we talked about this before about how there really wasn't a culture for them to fit in, so to speak, but how fast they got in, learned the playbook and plug and play the holes that Florida state really needs filled and quickly. They bring experience to the table. That's huge. That's something Florida state was, was, was lacking right last season. So, uh, you know, this could be a massive transfer success story portal success story. If these guys or even, let's say half of them pan out to what, you know, Florida state is hoping they will.
1: Yeah. I think when we were up at, um, was it, uh, no, it was when we did like kind of our FSU panel on the, on the FSU podcast. I think the, the consensus came back that like 55 to 60% of the Florida state starters, uh, are going to have been transfers at some point or another. Right. Like, is it, um, right, well, so because some
0: guys transferred, it, yeah,
1: earlier, and yeah, not necessarily this year. And a lot of the ones that did transfer this year are going to start, you know. And so, right. Florida mean, State needs good. to needs to figure out some kind of identity. Um, sure, you know, I don't think there is a just absolutely, you know, absolute plethora of talent, um, you know, at, at any one spot of the roster. But I do think that every I think, I will say, I think every position group this year, with the exception of maybe wide receiver, because Terry was there for a little while, every position group this year improved, right? Yeah. The question would be how much, right? Well, like, I mean, if it, the spot is,
0: is 75% were freshmen and sophomores last season, it would almost be hard for these positions groups not to take yeah. and
1: they, a step they, forward.
0: Pure on experience.
1: And they added some good talent with, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jermaine Johnson is somebody that everyone has commented on out of UGA coming in and just being an absolute difference maker at defensive end. They've added some guys from programs where their coaches left, right? And right. so kind of like we're able to pick up some SEC caliber talent uh, from South Carolina and Auburn. Um, and So not that those programs are absolute world beaters last year, but you're still picking up SEC right. level talent. And does that do much for you against Clemson? Probably not. Does that help you out more to have a little bit more talent against a team like Wake Forest or Boston College? You would hope, right? Like now you're not going to hit on every single player that you took from the transfer portal, but if you can hit on half of them and half of your starters, you know, your offensive line. Right. I mean, that's a a, huge
0: success, right? If half of your transfers end up contributing, that's
1: huge. Took a fifth-year senior offensive lineman from Notre Dame. um, who is a grad transfer here and he's starting at left guard. And so it's like, if, if the offensive line can get a little bit better, that was a huge weakness for FSU. If the quarterback can play, play can get a little bit better. Another big weakness for FSU. Then I think you can start to see guys emerge, right? Like if, at the end of the day, if you're playing D1 football, you know, it is very nice to have guys like Kyle Pitts
0: and right. Shad
1: Green and Nick O'Leary and Kelvin Benjamin and can Tony, but at the end of the day, if your quarterback play is good and you're playing D one football and they put the ball on your hands, most of the time guys are coming away with catches, right? Like this isn't, you know, you know, so So anyway, I I think that if the offensive line can, can improve a little, the quarterback play can improve a little bit. And that's going to be a huge step in the right direction for FSU.
0: Give me your one key to this game for Florida state. (sighs)
1: Um, one key, huh? So I don't know. I got like 17 of them. And we like we need a lot of things to happen Okay, to but win this well game. we gotta score 91. more points. That's my one key. Score more okay. than the other team. Um, I think that I think that it's just all about not and, and you'd hope that this wouldn't be the case in game one, but our team has been so weak mentally over the last couple of years that Florida State has not done a good job of responding to adversity, whether it be okay. on or off the field. And so Notre Dame is not—we're not playing, you know, no offense—we're not playing FAU, you know, this weekend. And so right. Notre Dame is going to punch us in the mouth, and it could be on the right. kickoff return, it could be to start the second quarter, it could be in the fourth quarter. But it's just how you respond to when that adversity comes, right? Like, do you let that adversity just absolutely snowball into getting blown out? Or do you respond to that adversity as opposed to backing away from it and you may or may not win the game, but do you respond to that adversity well enough to just say like, okay, that's fine. They just did something, you know, we were driving for a touchdown to go up two scores and we threw a 99 yard pick six. Yeah. It would have been nice to be up 14, but now you just get the ball back and you try and go score again, right? Like, I don't know, whatever that advert. So. I guess my biggest key would just be because there are so many things that I think we need to do well to, to win the game. My biggest one would just be to, that the way we respond to adversity has got to be up there for like an actual key. The linebacker play has to be good. Like, you know, so I'm going to get away. Well, with that kind here. of is but tied into what I was going to yeah. say
0: for mine, which is limit the run. I think yeah. that if you had, if, to, the, if there was one thing that you had to do, it's limit the run, which I, you know would be a large part on your linebackers. Yeah.
1: If they can, if they can plug gaps, if they can make tackles, if they can get in there and, and and do a good job, that's you know. a
0: Couple that a with if your D line can put some pressure on Jack Cone, then you know Florida State could be in an interesting position. I don't think Florida State wins this. I don't. I honestly don't think this game's close. But the way that it is close, the way that Florida State does have a shot is by limiting the run and by putting pressure on Notre, uh, Notre Dame's quarterback Jack Cone. The, those two things happen, and this is a close ball game.
1: Yeah. I mean, and so, yeah, if you can, if you can play well up front, I'm not super impressed with FSU secondary. Maybe they'll turn around and surprise me, um, you know, this game later in the year, whenever, but, um, you know, I think that if the defensive line and the linebackers can kind of control the run, I'm also not very impressed with Jack Cohen. So, right. You know, I I don't need the greatest secondary ever, but you'd like to see some pressure. So that, right. you know, you make him a little bit more uncomfortable and we've got to stop the run, but you know, that was yeah. a huge problem last year, not only in that game, but in several games that we played. Sure. So, you know, hopefully that can, uh, can get a little bit better. Um, all right, let's pick some games. Okay. Last year. I just want you to remember who won our picks contest. It was me, but hey, you we'll did come you. in second. You came in second. So I got, I, do. I was going to tell the people that, um, I mean, <laughs> I was very proud of both of us for finishing one and two, and I don't know in what order, but I hope we can do it again this year. So um, I'm going to take these two out because we have the same score, yeah. so there's no way yeah. for us to go. But we both have UF covering the spread, and we both have Notre Dame covering the spread. So I don't think there's yeah. any reason to
0: it's about this
1: to do that because it's just going to be the same one way or the other. Um, starting on Thursday night not like the greatest slate ever
0: but decent oh, decent slate I'm here for it it's it's great college football woo <laughs>
1: um the game that I'm most interested in on Thursday night there's some there's some decent ones that I'm excited to see from a couple of different perspectives NC State plays South Florida that's you guys' second opponent we play NC State as well so I'm excited to kind of see how they play Obviously, very early in the year. We don't play them until later. But the game that I care about the most is not Ohio State-Minnesota. It's Because that's a 14-point spread, and I really don't care. Boise State and UCF. Boise State has some experience in coming to Florida and pulling upsets in openers. Just ask my guys. UCF is a five-point favorite. Who do you like in that one?
0: Uh, I like UCF. I think UCF wins this game.
1: Uh, against the spread, sorry.
0: Uh, yeah, well, I think they win the game, and I think they cover the spread.
1: I like Boise state here. Um, mostly just because I don't want to pull for UCF. Um,
0: Oh, I don't want to either. It's just what I think will happen. This is just
1: my way. Like to, to cheer for them. Um, Friday night, not enough good to, for me to, for me to go into it. Saturday starts an incredible slate that will kind of run down. Um, I'll just go to this big one first. Um, Alabama is a 19 and a half point favorite against Miami. And that is a massive spread. Like I think Alabama wins this and wins this fairly comfortably. Um, but that's a lot of points. Um, who do you like?
0: Give me. Oh, Alabama covers the spread.
1: Yeah, I like them too. I was just hoping you'd pick. Uh,
0: Don't make me pick Miami. against Nick Saban. You know, it won't happen
1: except for last week when you said you were going to beat them twice and maybe a third time. In
0: the <laughs> I did not say we were going to beat them twice. <laughs>
1: um, uh, Louisiana, the Ragin' Cajuns are ranked, as crazy as this is, are ranked 23rd, I think. Um, and they're playing Texas, who is ranked 21st. Texas is an eight-point favorite. I like Louisiana to cover this spread. Uh, I think Texas wins the game, but this is a classic, like, Texas is ranked early and blows a game, you know, like this is a, this to me, like Louisiana has a great chance to upset this because like nobody jokes in big games like Texas. So who do you like?
0: Um, I, I like uh, Texas in this game.
1: Okay. Um, I think we'll probably differ here. Uh, I like UGA plus three against Clemson.
0: I like UGA to cover as well.
1: Whoa. Do they, do they get the upset? Do they beat? I think
0: they, I think Georgia gets the upset.
1: Let's go. Um, did you watch the UCLA game the other day uh, against Parts Hawaii? Parts of it.
0: Yeah, I was just super, super pumped that Chip Kelly wasn't my head coach.
1: Well, if you watched any of it, you probably saw several touchdowns because they were up like 44 to 10 like in like the third quarter, and they just totally called the dogs off and, and yeah. didn't really play the fourth. But they beat Hawaii 44 to 10. They play yeah. LSU this weekend, and it's – at UCLA, um, LSU is a three-point favorite on the road.
0: Give me LSU all day.
1: Yeah, I like LSU to win this, but it would definitely be
0: I love how you say it's at UCLA, like there's some like really tough environment that LSU is going to be facing that they could be thrown off by.
1: I think just the travel to the West Coast is usually tougher okay. on teams.
0: I'm pretty sure that they actually spent the week in Houston practicing because of the hurricane and then they're just going to make the trip over from Houston, time uh, on Friday. But no, I mean, I know, but I, I, they're, they've been on the road the whole week is my point.
1: Yeah. I mean, she's even tougher because they haven't been able to practice at home. So, um, getting to play at the Rose bowl is special though.
0: Um, that
1: is true. Not to, uh, you know, not to like brag on myself, but I did get to see my team win a national championship there. So that was kind of cool. Um, Florida State, we don't, we're not picking that one. Okay, Ole Miss is a 10-point favorite against Louisville. Hey, um, my
0: cousin won a national championship there. Does that count?
1: Was that the one you were on the field for? I was on
0: the field for the SEC game. That was the uh, uh, week before, or it a month it before, I guess.
1: It doesn't count if you there. Um, I mean, uh, Ole Miss is a 10-point favorite against Louisville.
0: Um, I'll take Ole Miss.
1: Yeah, I have no.
0: I don't know a whole lot about Louisville. I just I um, think that old Miss is, is can put some points up.
1: Who is 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 what's his name back at quarterback this year? Matt Corral. That's right. Um, yeah, I think I like Old Miss as well. I just don't know enough about. I mean, I don't know enough about either team, but I just don't want to lose yeah. the point here. So we we can either both lose it or whatever. <laughs> Um. All right, we'll recap it next week. I'm sure I'll be way up on you because Boise State will come through in the clutch for me and Louisiana.
0: I will take being down to watch UCF lose to Boise State.
1: (laughs) Always a fun time. Okay, so excited for the games that are coming up. We had one more thing that you want to talk about. Allie's rant for the week.
0: My rant for the week. Okay. So let's hear
1: like six of these before the show starts. So that's true. You guys only have to hear one. So it's that's easy.
0: true. So the men's us bobsledding team has a, I guess point it's probably three weeks, a little bit more than three weeks to raise $20,000, um, to be able to compete in a, uh, a world meet that is a, uh, qualifier for the Olympics in 2022. Um, and this, these races are not paid for by the United States, which is mind-blowing to me. So if the U.S. T- uh, team doesn't raise that, that much money between now and three weeks from now, and they don't get to go to the qualifier, there is a decent chance that they don't get to compete in the 2022 Olympics. So they're currently literally like running a GoFundMe to try to raise money to be able to compete. But this is my thing. We can pay millions of dollars to run tests, to figure out if like grasshoppers prefer classical music or rap music, but we can't pay the entry fee for our Olympic teams to the qualifiers. Like it, it makes zero sense to me. And you know, some of these athletes, especially with sports like bobsledding or some of the non-revenue generating sports, these athletes eventually have to drop out, like some of our our top athletes, because they don't have the money to continue to fund this without having to work. And then they don't have the ability to work a full-time job and train full-time. I just, I, there has got to be a better way for us to support our athletes that we want to compete in non-revenue sports, uh, non-revenue generating sports in the Olympics.
1: We could just tie them all together like colleges do, and and, and invoke yes. title, invoke title yes. nine. I mean, the, so okay. Oh, at
0: the very least, let's run marketing for these people so that other businesses, you know, jump on and sponsor and stuff. There's got to be like, why is Ford not picking this up? Or uh, you know, I, I don't know. Some of these massive, big American companies, why are they not footing the bill? It's twenty thousand dollars. What is that to afford? you know, or a Budweiser or, you know, whatever, like what, what is, I don't even think Budweiser is American anymore, but, uh, what is $20,000 to some of these massive companies like Apple? Why can't Apple sponsor them? Why can't like Amazon, why don't you hop on and stroke them a check. Like I just, even if it's not the government, which I feel like it should come from the U S you're representing the U.S. I think it's wild that there's not at least a facilitator to help them generate the revenue that they need to be able to compete.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it it is crazy and it's because they're all separated, right? Like U S you know, like the U S men's national team doesn't have any problem because they, Earn revenue, and so it's easy right. for them to just kind of pay for what happens. So it's
0: right, and it sponsors want to day. sponsor revenue generating sports. And, they do, and,
1: yeah, which makes sense, right? Like, what's what's Ford's ROI? Sure, but at the same
0: time, like, what is it if there's not men, you know, U.S. men competing in the s- speed skating? That's weird, right? Like, if we didn't have a bod splitting team in the Olympics, people would be like, "Oh my gosh, that's so crazy! Why are the Americans not there?" And like, we're the wealthiest country in the world. How is it that we're not taking care of our athletes like this?
1: Yeah, I also wonder like how do other countries do it, right? Like do they just split up all the money into one pot and, and it's all for their, you know, how other how countries they... have to
0: be paying for their for these things, right? You would I, like think I can't, so. I mean, I would think. I don't know. I haven't done enough research into it. I just think it's crazy the kind of things that we do pour money into as a as a country, as a government, as a whatever that we place as a priority, but then we let our our non revenue Olympic sports just kind of flounder.
1: Yeah. Um, which, like I said, you said, you can always go to the college level and, and see how that. Yeah. Is. Tune in next week where Allie will tell you how she would have evacuated Afghanistan. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Um, did you? Okay. One more thing. Sorry. I lied. Did you see this coach and this team in Ohio that just like completely
0: faked all <laughs> of oh Yes. God. This the greatest is thing crazy. ever. All right. Recap for the, for, those at home uh or you can recap it but uh, essentially they're it's it wait say that again
1: i was gonna say either way you're fine Uh,
0: it's a high school team that's not really a high school team that's competing um as a private school somehow conned espn into uh airing their game against img on espn by essentially telling them they had a bunch of players on it that were being recruited by major colleges spoiler they weren't some of these guys are like 22 years old i think i read a coach was a felon like wild stuff there for sure will be a movie made about this
1: yeah the fact and the espn announcers were like really like giving it to them on the air and this is a player safety issue and this that and the other and blah 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 and it was it was pretty wild so yeah if you if you haven't seen it um Oh uh, yeah, my buddy Andy Staples did a um, a great write up in it on the athletic. I know that costs, but like you can pay for it for like a dollar a month for the next six months. It's great. Um, so that's what I have signed up for. So he did a great write up on it on the athletic of of kind of how it all went into it. He spoke with a former player that had played for this high school, which again, they they're not a high school, but they kind of like pose as one and there's no classes, there's nothing actually happening. But Yeah, the fact they played IMG, they lost like 58. I read an
0: interview with a a former player who said they literally recruited him like they were a high school, though, like gave Mm -hmm. him a blueprint, like a a brochure that had a blueprint of the campus on it and like all this different stuff, and it was literally all made up. And I guess this school did used to compete under a different name prior to this. But, I mean, it is the craziest story ever. It is definitely yeah. the craziest sports story of 2021 unless something asinine happens in the next three months.
1: The jokes, the memes have been fantastic. There's been pictures of, there was a picture of Mante Teo and the, the <laughs> caption said, no, bro, you don't know her. She goes to, oh, what's the name of it? I've, I've already forgotten now.
0: I know. I have a Saint, no, I want to say Saint Ignatius, but that's not right.
1: No, it, whatever it was. She goes to, you know, such and yeah. such school. And so, um, yeah, some of the... Uh, Some of the memes and jokes that have come out of it have been pretty funny. Um, yeah, like I don't, I do not see another sports story topping that. Maybe, maybe what could top that is uh, Florida going twelve and zero, like Ali predicted uh, for the first time in their history. We'll we'll get some credit for her being. Right on that prediction,
0: Um, Bishop Sycamore. That's Bishop Sycamore. Yeah, you don't know her. She goes to Bishop
1: Sycamore. So, which honestly, Uh,
0: I I was working in radio when Manti Teo stuff happened. That uh, and when Aaron Hernandez stuff happened, which was also really crazy. Um, But I was hosting a uh, daytime radio show at the time. That was some of the wildest stuff that I have ever. I mean, so insane. This is that type of story
1: yeah. no. it the fact that, okay, so the Mag tail thing was crazy because it was like one one dude
0: pulling fast. I think honestly, it. yeah. well, yeah, I mean, I think and, that he literally, like, it snowballed, and he, like, literally tried to catch it, couldn't kind of right. thing, so then just but ran with it. this like is like,
1: an entire This is team. so many people
0: participating yeah. in this That's life. what the
1: 80's story was. Like, it takes a village for something like this to happen.
0: I, I mean, can... a crazy oh, village. Gosh. How, <laughs> how, do you, how does that even happen? It's like, hey, guys, let's create this fake school. We're going to get ESPN. Like, how much time do you have to have on your hands yeah. for this? Isn't there easier ways to make money?
1: You know, some people work harder, like scamming, than they would just like at a regular job making money. Like, wait, just
0: go to the office. Yeah,
1: just, like, this just this is crazy. Go get a There's job. Got to jail. be easier
0: ways like, than don't go
1: to jail. Like, right, that's, that's another easy way to make money. So, anyway, all right, cool. We will be back next week to recap and tell you about all the things that I was right about, some of the things that Allie was right about. Um, I'm excited to. I'm going up to Tallahassee. I'm excited to go up. Going up to gatesville and everything. Yeah, should be a lot of fun. I'm, we're making, I'm making a whole weekend out of it. I'm going up on nice. Friday, doing a tour, Saturday. I don't know if flex, Doing a tour?
0: I, a tour of what?
1: Just like the FSU, just all the athletic facilities and stuff like that. Gotcha. So um, doing that on Friday. I don't know if flex too hard, but I will tell everyone once we get – Well, I'll tell I will? You, I'll tell you once we get off here. Uh-huh. But then I'll tell everybody else next week because I want to make sure it happens. But I may have a, an interesting dinner date on Friday night. Um, Saturday, just going to watch college football and drink bourbon. And then Sunday, going to tailgate it all day and be dead Is on Kara
0: going with you?
1: She's going up on Friday and then coming back on Saturday. She's not staying on the whole week. Um, okay. She's got to get home to the kids. But she is coming up for the tour and the dinner. The dinner date will include her as well. It's not like with some Good. other girl. But... Um, you'll understand more when I tell you guys all about it next week. So hopefully we'll both be one to know next week, but we'll see if that happens or not. Um, not not, uh, not counting on it. So anyway, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for the support. Feel free to send any comments or complaints to Ali. Please leave me alone on this. Um, wrong hand. I know. <laughs> I does feel like uh, that. It does. Um, and we will all talk right, to you guys yeah. next week. Thanks.